You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Welcome to another episode of Doing It For The Exposure, the show that's on display with pride. I'm your host, Mannequin Blue, and today's special guest is returning for round two, mural artist and illustrator, Kevin Bowen. Hello, Yakeji. Thanks for having me back. Oh, no problem at all. How are you doing today? I'm grand. I'm having a good Monday. God, yeah. <laughs> Mondays can be tough enough. <laughs> yeah, but it's not a bad one, except for the cold. Oh, I know. I have the heat on and I'm wrapped up and it's, it's fantastic. <laughs> so you were on the show before. You were on a good few weeks back now and you were talking to us about the Icon Factory. But we got kind of so wrapped up in that that we didn't actually get to talk about your art because you are an artist yourself. And so I'd love, you know, if you want to tell us kind of how you got started and what kind of things you do. Yeah, no problem. I'm doing it now about... 10 or 11 years I got back into it, quite late. And I'm a professional artist, i.e. I'm professionally broke since 2016. <laughs> I'm self-employed. I feel that. <laughs> oh, this is my new life. I, I, I feel like I've had several different lives at this stage. I'm, I'm 46 and definitely the last say, four or five years has definitely seen a new phase in my life that is, is based around art and creating and stuff like that so there you have it it's never too late if you'd have told me 10 years ago I'd be a full-time artist in 2020 and I'd have painted at some of the biggest street art festivals in Ireland and, and elsewhere I wouldn't believe you I would have thought you were mad so you never know where life's gonna take it yeah, well, this is it. I mean, dreams can come true. <laughs> That's it, indeed. It's a lot of hard work. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But so why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about then what kind of, because you said you're a painter and, and an illustrator. So what exactly what kind of stuff do you do? Yeah, well, there's three or four things I love doing. One of them is mural painting. And I sort of have two, two ways of doing that that I like. One of them is sort of like tribal art or dots or bubbles as some people call them so it'll be abstract to be patterns and the second one is I love doing cartoon characters funny cartoon characters or you know stuff like that so I've been doing a few of them lately and that's sort of the direction I want to go in now I've tried out loads of different stuff and seen what I'm good at and what I'm not good at but I love doing the cartoon characters yeah, brilliant. And you do you do quite a few street murals as well, don't you? Not as much as I wanted this year with everything going on, but yeah, I enjoy that. I do a lot of collaboration murals in Temple Bar on the side of the Icon Factory. And I'm doing one this coming week, which has been put off for months now, with a, a graffiti artist named Coase. Really nice fella. So we're going to do our Christmas mural this week on the side of the Icon Factory, I'm going to do one of my cartoon characters and he's going to do his letters and we're going to combine it. So I'm looking forward to that. Brilliant, yeah. And you said that you got into art quite late. So how, how did you get into art, you know, at that stage? Yeah, well, I got back into it when I was a child. I never stopped drawing. I was always drawing. And then I did animation drawing skills for a year when I left school in Ballyferma College. 
And then I applied to NCAD Mountjoy Square. This is back in 1992 and I didn't get in, 92 and 93. So I ended up doing print management in Bolton Street for three years. And then I worked in printing until more or less 2007, 2008. And I did a graphic design course in 2008 and that sort of got me back into the art and being creative. And the second thing that got me back in was, I don't know whether you can hear him in the background, is my dog, Calvin. So I got Calvin in 2009, so 11 years ago. And I used to live in Grand Canal Dock and we used to walk two or three times a day. And I'd be walking around Windmill Lane and Grand Canal Dock. And I started noticing all the graffiti, especially in Windmill Lane, um, the street art and stickers and posters and so on. So I started bringing my camera with me and taking photographs of that. I set up a Facebook page called Dublin Urban Art, which I did for five years. And I have about 30 or 40,000 photographs of street art and graffiti around Dublin and other places. And I used to post them on that. And that sort of blew my mind. The whole street art, graffiti, the colours, you know, the skills. And I started, I bought a sketchbook and I started drawing again. So it all ties into that and graphic design. Yeah, so like Dublin really is kind of the city that sparked that for you. And then you've since, you've kind of, you've become one of the, the more prominent artists in that, you know, you do paint around Dublin city as well. I've done a few, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I'm the most prominent it goes up and down, you know yourself. There's been times when I've painted a lot, times when I haven't. But yeah, I enjoy it. I've been doing it for a while now, trying to improve my skills every time. I still feel fairly new at it, even though it's nearly nine years since I picked up a spray paint can. I still feel like a, a newbie. Well, I mean, I, I think that's a good thing, you know, as long as you're, you're always learning and it always seems new to you, you'll keep doing it and you'll keep enjoying it. Well, that's it, you know, and I wouldn't have, to, I wouldn't have had the best self-confidence for years. So, you know, that all plays into it. You know, you have a lot of younger lads or, or, or girls and they're straight in, they're so talented or they're so confident and, you know, their stuff is really amazing. And then you feel a bit old coming along, even when I started, when I was in my late 30s, you know. But I get on with it, I enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, it's never too late. Like, we've had people on the show who got into the, the kind of things that they do, like, much later as well. And I don't think it really, really matters kind of when you get into art, as long as you get into it. I think that's the main thing. Well, anyone out there who has a niggling voice in their head telling them to do something, whether it's photography or writing a screenplay or that novel or poetry or music or football or whatever it is. I had that voice in my head for years and I ignored it or I tried to dampen it with alcohol or whatever. But it's going to come out in the end. You need to do it. It's never too late. If you want to be a filmmaker, find out how you can start. You have to, unfortunately, a lot of people get put off because you have to start at the bottom. <laughs> no, you're not going to go and make Dr. Strange over. You're not going to go and make Jaws or 2001. You know, you're going to make a pilot short and you are going to make a lesser pilot short the next time and a lesser pilot short the third time and so on till uh, maybe five years, maybe 10 years, maybe three months, you will create something worthwhile for yourself 
and hopefully others will appreciate it. But I urge anyone who has has that voice in them, whatever it is, cooking, you know, playing golf, whatever it is that you think brings you peace of mind or helps you express yourself, you have to give it your energy because the other side of it is is depression, is anxiety, jealousy, you know, all, all these horrible negative feelings. So it doesn't matter whether you want to be rich or famous, you just do it for yourself. Yeah, and I think that's always the best way of looking at it because with, you know, things that are related to art, like you said, being a professional artist means you're professionally broke. So you kind of do have to do it for the love of it you know, rather than for getting paid, which, you know, obviously when you get paid, that's a bonus, but it's unfortunately, it's not always a guarantee. Well, you can get money, but it mightn't necessarily be the way you want to. You know, you might have to create things or do work you don't want to do. You're only doing it for the money. So there is money to be made. I think it's it's finding the balance, you know, because if you were doing 90% of the time money jobs and, and leaving yourself only 10% of time to do your creative stuff, well, then they're going to run into trouble and you're going to end up hating doing the work you're doing for the money anyway. So it's trying to find that balance, which isn't easy. Not everyone is, is lucky enough to be in a position where they're earning lots of money doing what they like. And that's only an outside view as well. You don't know. It's all an iceberg, you know. People look at, say, Damien Hurst and, and they just see the money and skulls for millions of dollars and dot paintings, but they don't know all the hard work he's put in in the background. doesn't matter whether people think he's talented or not. He, he definitely put the work in, you know. So it's all about hard work and keeping going. That's the way I see it anyway. That's my experience. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of one of those things as well, you know, where you could be probably one of the hardest working artists in the world. And if people aren't buying it, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not good. It just kind of means that you haven't found your audience yet. Yeah, true. Because a lot of people make it later in life or unfortunately when they do, <laughs> which is the, the old cliche, you know, cut off your ear and so on. But it's, it's hard as well now because everything just moves so fast. You know, you spent three days creating something be it a song or a little film or an artwork. And your, your first outlet is social media. That's the world we live in. And you might have put your, your heart and soul into something and you get 20 likes and one share and that's it. You feel deflated if, if that's the way you, you judge the worth of that art. You know, so you have to be careful as well not to get too caught up in that end of things. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the instant gratification of it, you know. If people don't start loving it instantly, you kind of feel like you failed to an extent. That's it, because you go online and you see people who are established, and there's some fantastic artists out there, and you look and they have thousands of likes, you know, and thousands of followers. But again, it comes back to they that didn't land on their lap, their lap, you know. They had to work at it, they had to work hard. I'm sure. So just for anyone listening. It's never what it seems. And I'm not talking from that position myself. But, you know, it's all about hard work. And, and I think hard work creates your luck. Yeah, I th- that's what I was about to say. I think there is an element of luck involved as well. Because a lot of people, you know, you can see someone who's absolutely amazing and they get, you know, thousands of likes and all of that. And then you see someone who's equally as amazing and they, they don't get any recognition. And it was just purely maybe they posted at the wrong time or they didn't, you know, someone else similar was picked up at the same time as them and they got kind of left at the wayside. It's, it's, it's hard work, but I think there is an element of luck involved as well. And I think you, you may 
to a certain degree. Like we, we're lucky enough with the Icon factory, we have August Studio, which the volunteers can use. So I, I normally do a Saturday in there. So you're in the studio, it's a big open window and I might be painting away or working on the computer and you put a few of your artworks in the window and you never know who's going to walk by. But I have to drag myself out of bed Saturday morning, get the bus in, set up. It can be cold. You mightn't like people looking at you, but they're there. But it's, it's doing that. You don't know who's going to walk by and see or who's going to come by and, and, and pop their head in the door. So by making that effort, you, you're also putting yourself out there to hopefully meet someone or someone come by you know, and see your stuff. You might sell something, make a few quid for the day, or you might get invited to take part in an exhibition all because you, you made the effort to go in. I suppose like yourself, you know, when you're doing your festivals and with the body painting and stuff like that, it's a lot easier to meet people than, say, on a social platform or something like that, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and these kind of things as well, you do really need to know people. Like, you need to have the connections, I think. Yeah, totally. Like like anything in life, it's it's who you know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's a shame that that's the way it is, you know, because like, you know, you could be the best of the best artists, but if you don't know the right people, you're not going to get yourself out there or you're not going to get the opportunities that say other artists will get because, you know, a lot of the work would probably be through other artists. They say, oh yeah, I know someone who can do that kind of thing. That's it. And that's why I think we should all help each other as well, you know. Like if I can't do something or I think if I'm asked to do a mural and it, it's really style or, you know, I've often been asked, can you paint a female in this position, whatever. And I'm not great at painting to the female faces or figures at the moment. So I'll always ask someone who is, or if I'm asked to just paint a car, you know, my car is going to look like something out of the, the Flintstone. So I'll, I'll go and ask someone who's good at that, you know, and then, and it comes around. Then I get asked by other people if they'll do something. So do it, what goes around comes around. We have to help each other. I really believe that. Yeah, and it's kind of, it's it's almost another form of collaboration as well. It's like, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. That's it. No, no, no one person can do everything, you know. And I know when you're starting out, you take on everything and anything, free work, exposure, and this, that, and the other. And a lot of times you end up doing stuff you probably shouldn't have done, you know. <laughs> it that great. Oh, you end up doing, you know, public podcasts <laughs> oh, uh, no no I, I'm only teasing yeah <laughs> but no yeah just speaking of collaboration I remember the last time we were chatting you had an exhibition coming up is that kind of still ongoing because of the lockdown or is yeah. it is it kind of we finished opened, now I reopened it yesterday and we're keeping it open now until the Christmas so we opened on Friday the 18th of September, I think. And 12 o'clock that night, level three came in. So for about two weeks, we had private visits because we were on level three. So if people wanted to come in, they just contacted me and I met them there. And, you know, two or three people that won't go, you know, masks, wash your hands, all that carry on. So that lasted two or three weeks till level five came in and then it was just shut down altogether. So technically, we had one proper open day, <laughs> and then we reopened it now, and it's it's open again, so people can come in in the Icon Factory there in Temple Bar, pop in and have a look. 
quite a long running exhibition so far that has people haven't been to because <laughs> of hopefully you get the numbers now that it's open and that's that's kind of people can just go in they don't have to ring you up or anything like that do they we're just we're open again you know when i put it all online and we did the video the sort of walk through because it was a couple of people who really wanted to come just couldn't make us they were down the country or or they just couldn't make it because of the, the level of the shutdown. So we had the video there as well. So we've gotten a great response so far, I have to say, to anyone who's been in or has seen the video online. So I'm happy enough. Brilliant, yeah. No, that's, it, it's kind of unfortunate that, that the timing went that way, you know, that you opened and then lockdown hit. And, but, you know, it is good to hear that it's still running and, and people can go in and see it if they, if they feel inclined. And I think people should definitely go in and see it because even just from the snippets that I've seen on Facebook, it looks amazing. Thanks. Yeah, well, we've been working on it for over two years, myself and my friend Marianne. So I showed her a very early illustration I did and... This is over two years ago, which is in the exhibition. And she was like, I really like that. And then she su suggested we do a Beatles exhibition, a Beatles themed exhibition. And so we started working on that. And then she had, she had her second son, James, in between. So that sort of slowed things down her end. And then other things got in the way, work and projects, this, that and the other. So COVID was on and I said, listen, we have this booked in. We, we had it booked in for September this year because Peter Jackson was supposed to be releasing his new Beatles documentary called Get Back. And for those of you who know Lord of the Rings, it's that Peter Jackson. And a couple of years ago, he did a film called, I think, We Were Young or When We Were Young. I, I need to double check that. But it was, he took all this footage from World War I and he, it was all digitized and coloured up. And they got people doing, they had algorithms to read and software to read the lips. So they had actors come in and do all the voices and it's a stunning documentary. So through this, then they got their hands on the Beatles footage from the Letter B movie. And they got all the, all the footage they could get their hands on and they're releasing this new documentary, this new spanking new digitized, everything cleaned up documentary. And of course we were going to ride in on the, the tail coat to that but with COVID that got put back so that's probably not been released now until sometime next year but we said Fuck it, we're going to go ahead with the exhibition anyway and I'm glad we did because a lot of people came in especially on culture night when we opened who hadn't been out in months hadn't seen an exhibition we, we, we even got into the Irish times because there was so little happening on culture night our little Beatles talking exhibition got into the Irish times you know, so I'm glad we did it. Yeah, well, I mean, even that's fantastic. I mean, obviously, it's not fantastic that there wasn't a whole lot going on, but just that, you know, you got the coverage, I think, is a great thing. Yeah, no, it was great. We did our best to follow the guidelines and so on. There was a lot of people standing outside waiting their turn to come in and all, so it was great that way. And a lot of people got to meet up that normally would go to exhibition openings, and they were just doing it outside, you know, I suppose socially distanced. A couple of people had got a few cans or bottles and you know they were standing outside chatting and it was great because it was a nice night so it was actually a great opening it just wasn't an opening as as you'd normally have yeah yeah i get you yeah so for anyone who kind of hasn't seen it yet and wants to see it you said that's run until christmas did you yeah we we're, we're going to just keep it open till christmas probably take it down then the new year so it's going to be open for the next few weeks 
So anyone out there who's a Beatles fan should come in and have a look or if their father and mother or so on's a Beatles fan, come in and see if you can grab something for them for Christmas. It's all fairly reasonable. And not only for Beatles fans, but it's called Here's Another Clue for You All. So if you're a Beatles fan or a big Beatles fan, there's a lot of references to their music and to the myths and the legends surrounding them and stuff like that. So it's a bit of fun if you are a Beatles fan. Yeah, it sounds deadly. Uh, hopefully, like you get lots of people. Anyone listening to this, go go see it. <laughs> go support Kevin and and the other artists of the Icon Factory. Go just do it. <laughs> There's only a few weeks left of the year. Thank you. <laughs> but just I know, I know that you were saying that you're not really doing much mural art or anything this year. Obviously, with COVID and lockdown and everything. But in the past, you would have traveled around, kind of doing festivals with your art. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of work with a company called Creative Connections. So we're doing mural work the last few weeks. We're painting bins, glass recycling bins. Bally Moan, Finglas and Terra Neur. So it's the big metal glass recycling bins and also the smaller plastic ones. So I've been doing a bit of painting, but that's contract work. But I haven't been doing my, my own stuff in a long time. In fact, I only got to Limerick this year and had a session in Limerick with a friend of mine. And we did a bit of painting there, but otherwise I haven't been out of Dublin at all with everything going on. So everything got cancelled. And I was hoping to get back to Memphis. I was in Memphis in 2018 for Paint Memphis, which is a big street art festival in Memphis near the Mississippi. So. I was hoping to get back there this year because I made friends there and have somewhere to stay and it's a great buzz, but I didn't. So lecture picnic got cancelled and we applied to a few other festivals in Germany and England and everything, but everything got cancelled. So no Irish festivals on this year, really. I know Waterford Walls went ahead anyway, which was great. They sort of just broke it up different and the artists were just coming down one or two at a time. So that was cool. But yeah, it's been a quiet year that way. Any, for anyone who does work like yourselves at festivals or musicians or artists or whatever, the, the people who work in the back end of it, you know, it's been a dreadful year for anyone that way, especially people who make their living doing the, the, the festivals. Yeah, it, it's kind of, it's been a bad year for creatives just all around, I think. Yeah, definitely. That way anyway. You know, I, know a lot of, I know a lot of lads and, and girls that work at the... You know, the back end of the festival, setting up the tents and sound engineers and whatever, you know, and that all got thrown out. That all went. I suppose a lot of people, and I know, I know they did, use the downtime to actually work on stuff that they normally wouldn't have the time to do because they're at festivals <laughs> working or because they're doing this, that and the other. So a lot of people, they get back to their art, to writing, to playing music, to writing music, you know, creating, painting, whatever it was. So that, I suppose that was a good thing for some people. I know other people that couldn't create at all. They just had a meltdown creatively. Yeah, no, I think I flip-flop between the two. I'm kind of like, all right, I'm going to make all of the art. And then I'm like, oh, I don't want to make anything. <laughs> Yeah, to be honest with you, I didn't really stop now. I went from one thing to another anyway, so I've always something to do. I did a lot of computer illustration this year and a lot of pen and ink drawings, so that would be the upstart for me from the whole experience. I'm currently taking part in the Polish Arts Festival, which technically is based in Limerick, 
but this year it's all online so that didn't really make any difference so I was invited to take part this year and the theme for this year was my COVID experience together as one so I put nine ink drawings in five of which I done in March to say June of this year in my sketchbook so that's how I sort of deal with things anything negative or anything going on like that in my life I just sit down and sketch it helps free up the brain so five of them were in it and then four I did for Inktober that were sort of COVID related so yeah it was fun to put them out there because I I wouldn't have put them online or anything they're quite personal so it was good to put them out this way I enjoyed that and it was nice to take part in, in that festival even though it was only online but hopefully next year it'll be back to the proper exhibitions and installations and, and so on. Yeah, I, th I think a lot of people have found that, like, because there's so little going on, like you said, people are kind of going back to the basics and doing their own stuff, just kind of in the meantime, just to keep, I suppose, to keep themselves, you know, prepared and so that you're not feeling stagnant and keep your muscle memory going and all of that. But have you found that, I know you said that you were kind of, you kept going anyway, but have you found that it was more your own stuff or was there like a lot of commission work in there as well? Bit of a mixture. I got a good few illustration commissions, which was great. And then we, I did a few bits here and there with Creative Connections, community-based projects, the murals and the bins and stuff like that. So that was cool. But yeah, I definitely missed the festivals and I definitely missed the painting walls just for myself or with friends. That's one thing I missed. I'd like to rectify that next year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hopefully there's, you know, hopefully we're able to do quite a bit more art stuff. I think it'll be well needed at that point. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I'm hoping there's going to be an explosion and all the festivals will be back on and people might now realise that it's not always sometimes you put off going or you're, someone you know is having an exhibition opening or your your ex-flatmate's girlfriend's band is playing in Whelan's and you might go oh, I'll go I'll go and then you end up not going because you're watching some show on the telly with a cup of tea <laughs> now I think hopefully it'll be the the opposite people will remember what it was like not to get out for six months eight months at a time and people hopefully will start making the effort now and when things clear up and without getting into the whole politics of it, vaccines and this, that and the other, but whatever happens, hopefully six months a year or two years, we'll have a nice turnaround and people will start going out again. And, you know, even, even stuff like going out for that one or two meals a week that they never would have done before, help the restaurants get back on their feet, even, even go to the pub for one or two points, which they mightn't have done before. Yeah, it's kind of, it reminds me of a conversation that I had with my partner recently that we were talking about, you know, once the world stops being mad and people start going out and stuff again, hopefully kind of we'll all start to kind of really appreciate the things that we took for granted before, you know? Hopefully, who knows? Could get worse before it gets better, but fingers crossed. I know I miss, personally, I miss the festivals, especially the the sort of street art and the oil festivals I definitely miss doing them because it's obviously a good bit of crack a nice bit of banter and you get to meet people you might only see once a year and have a bit of crack with them for a few days in between painting for eight or nine hours so yeah I definitely miss that 
Yeah, hopefully we get that coming back. You know, and when it does come back, it comes back with a bang and there's art everywhere and people you haven't seen in years. And yeah, it's something to look forward to, I suppose. That's it. I hope a lot of our creative friends are, are in the process of pulling back the bow, you know, the string on the bow and when all things are back to whatever new normal there is, they let all these arrows out. So all the stuff they are creating or working on now, and hopefully all the left fly in a year, six months, and we get the benefit of it then. New music, new movies, you know, new artworks, new exhibitions. What's the, we have to look on the, the positive side of this, don't we? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think we definitely need to kind of keep the hopes up because, you know, this, this year has been hard enough for people, I'd say. Yeah especially if you lost family members or anything like that and you couldn't go to funerals or weddings and you know all this type of stuff that was going on yeah yeah exactly no that's that's it really you know you just everyone's kind of in limbo at the minute i suppose that's it but i, re- I really hope people are creating you know and i look forward to seeing a lot of that in the future you know, I hope people are putting the building blocks, the foundations down for stuff they're planning to do now. When we get back to the new normal. Yeah, absolutely. And just speaking of kind of uh, keeping in touch and that kind of thing, where is the best place for people to keep up to date with you? Instagram and Facebook are the main two platforms I use. It's They're both Kevin Bohan Art. I don't go into Twitter or TikTok or any of the other ones. And I <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm the same. I'm like very technologically illiterate. You know, I have I have Facebook and Instagram and I kind of have a Twitter that I never use because <laughs> I don't know how it works. <laughs> I'm terrified of TikTok. <laughs> but before we finish up, is there anything that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? So I don't know, some people might have seen the news this uh, past week in the Irish Times. But we got some good news in the Icon factory for the moment. Planning permission for the restaurant that was proposed was knocked back, which gives us a bit of breathing space till we see what the next step is. But we're still petitioning Dublin City Council and the Arts Council and the government in general to try and help us out, hopefully to give us a new premises or access to a building in the area. And I just want to thank everyone who signed the petition or who shared the petition online and they got their friends and family members to sign it. So it just goes to show at the end of the day, it, it did help and it's still, it's not over yet. It's still, it, it still help. If anyone wants to sign the petition, please do so. You'll find it on our Icon Factory Dublin website or Facebook page. And I just want to say thanks to everyone who supported us and signed the petition and shared and so on. So big thank you. Yeah, and what we'll do as well is we'll share that up again. I know we shared it before, but we'll to coincide with this episode, we'll share it again so that people can find it easily as well. Thanks very much. Oh, it's no problem at all. Like it, it, it was actually kind of a bit of a relief to hear that news this week, and hopefully it, we just keep getting good news now. Well, it gives us a breathing space, but if you read between the lines, Dublin City Council, and this is nothing against... Uh, restaurant owners and businessmen who want to set up restaurants or business women. <laughs> but they did sort of say, no, this is a cultural quarter. We need to have a rethink. 
that's the bigger picture. And it's, it's nice that that happened and it's not just, okay, here's another commercial venture. Yes, of course, you can have plan information, get in there and make a few quid, you know. So it was nice to see that, you know, and that's that's just not good for the icon factory. That's good for a lot of the, the arts and and so on in based in Temple Bar in Dublin. Sort of it's a bit of a, a candle of hope, you know. We feel you're being squeezed out because you don't make a lot of money or, you know, you don't serve alcohol or food in this case. Yeah. And it, it's kind of as well, it's kind of a testament to how important people actually view the Icon Factory as because it, it, it's a huge part of Temple Bar. Like you, you know, you, you go down that area and you know you're where the art is, if that makes sense. So it is, I suppose it's kind of validating in a sense. Well, that's it. We have applied to several different sources for funding in the last few weeks. Um, we have a lot of plans for the Icon Walk. We really want to get the Icon Walk, which is the outdoor installation, back up and running properly. It's in a terrible state at the moment between panels we lost, fires or vandalism or just general wear and tear. We have a lot, a lot of new sections we want to put up from you know new, new movies, actors and actresses and musicians. And we want to do a section on what's that light in Irish. And a few other bits and pieces we want to replace panels that were damaged. We really want to put all, all this work in. We're looking for the funding. And it's nice that Dublin City Council sort of are backing up culture, you know. And in turn, we want to, to help promote Irish culture by putting up these new panels of Irish icons from the arts, from music and so on, and poetry, you know. So one feeds the other, you know. It's not all one-sided. So. It's good news all around. So hopefully some of this funding will come in and we can start doing a bit more work in Temple Bar that we that we have planned. Some of it we've been planning now for years. We just haven't had the funding. We've been trying to keep our heads above the water. So hopefully this is a watershed moment for us and, and things will start progressing for us and we can get new artists on board, new volunteers, have more exhibitions, more different installations and whatever, you know. Hopefully this will all happen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just for anyone listening at home, you know, if you're an artist and you want to get involved, definitely get in touch. Or even if you're not an artist and you just want to kind of donate or buy art or support the artist, whatever it is you want to do, definitely get in touch with the Icon Factory because it's it's just a fantastic idea, I think. Yeah, you don't need to be an artist. We have a couple of long-term volunteers that are not, technically not artists, but they help us out in other ways, you know. So you don't have to be an artist. You could just be interested in art and you want to hang around with people and help out. And, you know, it's a social thing as well. There's always something to be done from posting on Twitter to helping us clean the laneways to managing the shop to helping hang exhibitions, you know. So for any artists or non-artists, any age, you know, come in, have a chat with us. Yeah, absolutely. So Kevin, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show again. Thank you so much for coming back. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> Enjoyed it and hopefully we'll speak again another time. Oh yeah, definitely. And we as well as that, we'll be keeping an eye on, you know, not just your art, but the icon factory as well and sharing updates when we can and you know, onwards and upwards, hopefully. That's it. So best of luck to everyone out there who's creating or struggling to create. I hope you get over your blockage. Keep going, keep strong. Thanks so much, Kevin. Here's Katie. 
And if you enjoyed this episode of Doing It For The Exposure and would like to hear more in the future, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at D-I-F-T-E Podcast. You can also check out our stream on nerdsknowmedia.com. We stream weekly on Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 